Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and it is always a pleasure to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we discuss topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and need. Today, we are going to talk about Cisco SD-WAN Cloud Interconnect with Equinix, and in particular, how it automates site and cloud network interconnection, ultimately ensuring a reliable network performance while decreasing operational costs and complexity. To help us guide the conversation, we have an amazing crew here with us today, and we are going to start with getting to know them just a little bit more. Let's start with our guest, Tahir. Thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us more about yourself and your role at Cisco? Sure. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Tahir Ali, and I'm part of uh, SD-WAN Technical Marketing, uh, BU, and I'm responsible mainly for the cloud interconnect, uh, you know, integrations and uh, SD-WAN fabric and routing designs. Perfect. Jason? How long you been at Cisco? Wait, how long you been at Cisco? <laughs> it's been three years. I've been working and with CenturyLink before and other providers, basically. So your answer, not long enough. Yes. You know, he still has this floated haircut yes <laughs> yes the All features right. are so good that we don't uh, lose our hair basically <laughs> nice <laughs> all right jason lovely to have you with us can you introduce yourself and your role at equinix yeah sure Emily. thanks for that uh, my name is jason lee i'm a global solutions architect at equinix uh, and i am responsible for our relationship with cisco um been with the company almost four years and uh, spent 10 years previous uh, at Cisco. Um, I think I still have all my hair because I left in time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I still uh, live and breed Cisco. All right. Now to get on to know our host, Artem, thank you for being with us. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, thank you, Emily, for having me. Uh, my name is Artem Tkachev. I'm domain architect at Philip Morris International. Um, well, responsible for all collectivity in the company, like clouds, OT, IT, everywhere trying to get my hands dirty with. All right. David, always a pleasure to have you. Tell us about yourself. It's always a pleasure to be here. My name is David Penalosa. I'm a principal engineer in Bryce Enterprise Solutions. And, well, I just do consulting. My daily tasks include sitting with people and discussing about their network design and helping them to get to a better place. And I work daily with SD-WAN and ACI. Perfect. Full-blown a, you know, full-blown a Cisco fan. <laughs> now, David, do you actually help them get to a better place? I do sometimes when they listen, but that's another story. <laughs> another episode, perhaps. Shy, my friend. Will you let us, let our listeners know who you are? Well, thank you, Amy Lee. It's a pleasure to be here. Such a wonderful uh, cast. Uh, I am Shai Silverman. I'm the Director of Network Services for San Jose State University and uh, been uh, there for about eight years. And kind of like uh, Jason has said, and I also kind of somehow responsible for our uh, relationship, managing the relationship with Cisco as well. All right. You're doing a good job. I try. All right, Tara. I'm, I'm going to hand it off to our champions to drive this conversation. But before we do... Can you give us some background on today's topic? What do we need to know before we start our conversation? Yes, so SDCI, right? So basically, Cisco software-defined WAN, uh, it's a terminology or a, a feature which we have introduced, uh, you know, back uh, in the old days when, you know, we had this uh, data center kind of topologies where 
all the applications were uh, you know revolving around the data center all the branches were accessing the data center uh, through the single van and everything was good then all those uh, cloud uh, consumption model came in internet became more reliable so we went to the distributed kind of architecture but this uh, kind of uh, brought a new requirement which is uh, where uh, you know sdc basically comes in uh, so what happens is that uh, you know, customer liked the way uh, we used to enforce the policy of uh, the centralized data center. But the problem with that was that uh, the centralized policy was very difficult to, you know, uh, there was a latency penalty from the branches perspective and all that, right? So now the customer needs similar approach and the flexibility of internet in a distributed way, which is where the SGCI comes in. You, we provide you the, the feature where you are using, uh, you know, a premium bandwidth of a data center, which is part of the, you know, Equinix uh, infrastructure. We hook you up with a cloud uh, in any location of your choice. So think of it like a CDN, where all your branches are, you know, connecting in the nearest location and breaking out into the into the cloud or uh, globally between the different branches. That's basically the gist of it. Did I understand that he said that we have a cloud hookup? Yes. That sounds even <laughs> interesting. <laughs> look up so thank you to hear so i mean so i mean you kind of brought up an, an interesting point right so the if i understand you correctly the the partnership between cisco and equinix uh is really kind of realizing that it worked really well for us in the past with static content to uh get people uh onto pops and and off the internet and deliver content to them uh at the nearest closest point of entry and what we're really talking about doing here is using the same terminology only or methodology with Equinix. And, and the whole point is that let us get you off the public internet and onto a, uh, I guess, a, a more uh, better defined or optimized network in order to get you to your cloud destination or to your other site potentially. Because uh, I assume this could be either site to cloud or site to site. Exactly. So, so uh, basically, uh, customers already are using Equinix. We thought that why not like give them the full potential of automating the whole connectivity of overlay and, not, and also the underlay using the single pane of glass, using the vManage, integrate with the uh, Equinix and use all their backbone to, you know, to access the premium bandwidth or to uh, and the premium connectivity uh, to the cloud and uh, to the global, uh, to have the global reach basically. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess if I am... Uh, subscribing to this, how do I measure the success of the solution from uh, from a customer point of view? Overall, like, uh, let me put it in the other way, right? If you are a customer, what are the pain points when you try to, you know, connect to these cloud providers? You have this, you know, direct connect coming to your data center. It takes like a lot of days to, you know, sign that LOA and all this stuff. You also have, uh, you know, some kind of uh, contracts you have to sign. Uh, from the OPEX perspective and uh, CAPEX perspective as well. Over here, what we are doing is we are just giving you, you are just extending your SD-WAN. You have your SD-WAN running. You want to, you know, connect to your cloud. We are giving you the single dashboard. You just uh, put in your, uh, you know, account information and you uh, choose what underlay you want to use, what uh, cloud you want to connect to. And basically with simple steps, a couple of steps, you'll be able to, you know, reach out to your cloud uh, within, uh, uh, you know, optimized uh, internet, using the internet and then immediately optimizing it through the backbone of the uh, Equinix. 
So that is something where, you know, you get the performance, you get the benefits of the virtualization, and you have the flexibility of, you know, uh, dropping your data center. It's kind of a data center where you are, you know, connecting to any uh, regional hub uh, of the or, or the pop locations of the Equinix, right? So that is something where that's give you a lot of flexibility. You can provision it uh, over the time. You can deprovision it. You have all this flexibility. Yeah, I think I think from uh, from what we hear from from customers at Equinix is uh, traditionally uh, they've had to you know contract for space and power like uh, like Tahir said that bring that capex component to it. So how long is it going to take to stand up a rack, get the power delivered, put in rack stack, configure all the equipment? Um, that's you know traditionally taken taken uh, weeks or months right in the past. This allows us with our network edge platform to really spin up those virtual instances, stand up a virtual point of presence at Equinix, uh, which are right next to the clouds, um, and be able to consume the services within, say, half an hour or less. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, I just wanted to understand. I mean, how I want really to get started. I mean, should I, you know, Purchase my SD1 routers and then go to Equinix directly saying that, hey, I have a Cisco devices, or is it some sort of like, you know, uh, one gateway for all these, um, you know, service? And uh, whom should I contact in short? Whether it should be Cisco or it should be Equinix to start leveraging the service? Basically, you can contact any of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, companies. You can come to the Cisco account team. Where you uh, Basically, the, the way the licensing and the whole thing works is that. You have your existing uh, SD-WAN licenses in your vManage inventory. You will be simply using the same, uh, you know, virtual licenses and uh, putting up your Equinix account information. Uh, the, if you don't have the account information, uh, the Cisco team will hook you up with the Equinix uh, folks as well. And basically, that's it. You just have to follow a couple of steps. And uh, based on that, you'll be connecting towards a cloud provider of your choice. So I heard something interesting before when 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 Tahir was talking is that you mentioned that you would select your underlay and then that you know that clicked a little because in general the SD one premises well you would use all providers as your commodity transport and all that and then suddenly we say you know what we're gonna go the Equinix way then how do you make use of that power then because in general we just keep the underlay here the overlay here then what's What's Equinix doing in the middle then? Because I, uh, what I understood from what you guys were talking earlier is that we are, we're putting both together in some way. We're playing with them. So do you have some insight on this? Because it's more interesting to know how do we optimize the underlay rather than just ride along the wave and then just go over every provider. But David, there's a lot of magic in there. We can't tell at all. <laughs> well, not just everything, no. How do we then make use of these two things? So who who wants to hit it first? Maybe Jason or... Yeah, I'll, I'll, happy to take that. I mean, when, when you're talking about um, optimizing that underlay, what we're really providing is the, the cloud providers have set up their edges inside Equinix. So when we talk about underlay, it is almost, I mean, literally a fiber cable connection from one cage to another tell me a better underlay than you can get from that, right? Our fabric is directly connected, or I should say the clouds are directly connected into our fabric, which Network Edge is integrated with, 
And so when you're doing this uh, software-defined cloud interconnect, it is literally spinning up this virtual gateway inside of Equinix Network Edge, which is part of our fabric, which is directly connected into the clouds. Jason, just drop the microphone. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) That's an arrow line. Bam, when you kick it up a notch. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, availability here, because uh, uh, my assumption is, I mean, generally speaking, if I'm doing an, an, my own SD-WAN between uh, on-prem and a cloud provider, uh, ch- chances are I'm talking appliance to appliance. Uh, by going into this uh, partnership with Equinix, I mean, how am I changing my availability and, uh, and monitoring capabilities? Justin, you want to t- uh, take it from the Equinix perspective, and I can cover from the SD-WAN as well. Yeah, so so from a monitoring uh, perspective, I mean, you're in full control uh, of the the infrastructure, right? It's it, We have visibility um, from our infrastructure to be able to see, you know, what's, what's up, what's down, control the, the, the utilization um, with, of course, hooks into uh, vManage and seeing all the the, the layer three and above um, uh, telemetry information. Um, but from our perspective, we are, uh, we are getting, you know, uh, layer one, layer two lights on, um, and that's been up and running. I mean, if you think about the, the chances of something going down over the internet versus a fiber cable in a controlled environment in a control building going that part going down you you can kind of see you know where where the uh bottleneck or uh your your, your point of failure might happen so let, let me kind of I, I guess like like finesse this right especially as you know we, we've seen some giant failures in in recent weeks right is uh, i'm in san jose you have a pop in san jose i'm trying to go to a data center to the cloud in seattle uh, as this example, and your San Jose pop is experiencing issues, right? So it, it's like, how how are you helping my availability as opposed of me having a direct link uh, over to Seattle? Yeah, so so the good thing is we're we're providing different options. So for one, um, we have eighteen hundred plus networks in in our buildings. Um, the the internet, the, the the most of the backbone of the internet exchanges traffic within our buildings. So there you have a choice or a robustness of networks to get you from one from San Jose to Seattle. Uh, if you use a you know service like AWS Direct Connect, you know you have the option of using their backbone to go from San Jose to Seattle, or you have the option of in this uh, example with uh, software defined cloud interconnect using the Equinix backbone, which we call Equinix Fabric, um, of using our backbone to get from our location in San Jose up to our location in Seattle and onboarding directly into AWS from there. So there is, um, I don't even say, you know, uh, two paths, right? There's there's uh, literally hundreds of, of, of options that you can take to go up there. And on, on top of it, right, uh, from the SD-WAN perspective, we still have all those bells and whistles, you know, application-aware routing, you know, uh, BFD probing, or everything is, like, uh, uh, existingly available. You We also recommend customers to, you know, uh, sp- uh, spin up multiple routers to, you know, cater the high availability. And SD-WAN Fabric has all the available policies to, you know, redirect traffic wherever the, you know, best performance is. 
Right. Um, since you already tied the clouds, I, I might have really um, questions that um, I'm right now working on. I mean, I, of course, I have a couple of solutions, but I'm just wondering, guys, do you have a chance to connect two clouds between each other, like AWS and Azure, for example? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Taylor. I'll, I'll take this one and then you can jump in. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> I see Jason smiling. Did you connect them at Jason just now? <laughs> Easily. <laughs> you just kind of touched on what's made our business for the last, you know, decade. <laughs> I, I mentioned, you know, uh, AWS earlier and how they're popped in, you know, in this cage inside of Equinix. So are all of the other cloud providers. So you're essentially going to be able to um, over that piece of fiber, you know, from AWS over to the virtual router in our fabric, right over to the next cage, which might be an Azure or a Google. So you're routing that traffic all within the same data center, within the same walls, and in some cases from one case to the next. Nice. So, so this sounds like very advantageous to a multi-cloud strategy, right? Because oh, yeah. As we're starting to deploy, for example, active directories, authentication servers, and re replication uh, of, of critical infrastructure across the providers, uh, this certainly seemed advantageous. In fact, some of the customers we were like talking to recently, they kind of like this thing where they don't need to spin up multiple routers in every cloud provider. Uh, instead, they have this one router, uh, uh, you know, spin up into Equinix Fabric and connecting to all these uh, providers to do multi-cloud kind of connectivity. All right. Okay, so then uh, I'm going to hit it again, both after the guys. Then if you're talking about going from one provider to another, there's a link between them and all that magic that happens in Equinix premises. Then what about my segmentation? What about keeping all the data secure, keeping all the data separate? When we have people concerned about security and security, isolation, uh, separation of uh sorry, or types of data, regulations, and all that. So how do we tie all that in? Trussic or Maxic, sorry. <laughs> Duct tape. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, if you look at it, right, uh, when you go through the workflow, we, uh, you know, as a customer uh, to uh, basically, after discovering, obviously, the account information and AWS VPCs, we asked the customer, uh, you know, to, uh, we also discovered the VPNs which are configured or the VRS which are configured as part of the uh, overlay, uh, overlay fabric. So when you go through the workflow, we will be providing you capability to, you know, segment the network, attach all these different VPCs to, uh, you know, specific uh, service VPNs or the VRFs uh, per se, and you will be segmented end to end. When you talk about uh, the Equinix piece, all this connectivity is like a private uh, hosted connections where it takes in all the uh, VRF traffic segmented into that VPC end-to-end. -end. Yeah, and on the security front, uh, you know, not people think about this part much, but it is basically you're, you're, you're nowhere near the internet, or you, I shouldn't say, you're not traversing the internet at all. Right. This is, again, all private connectivity. Um, a lot of people say, how do I reach it? Um, and in, in many cases, I've had to tell my customers, you can't, not from the Internet. So there's no bad players that open. You're not open to the uh, attack surface that the Internet gives brains. I love I love how Jason comes and is super secure. And you know what? I heard that before. And then 
let me give you the five second answer. So I, I had something I wanted to ask about before because I know Shai is just jumping to to bring something particular. But before that, what about when we talk about exactly that jumping? <laughs> when we talk about use cases, because then should I understand that, well, from what we have discussed, you're bringing the cloud closer to me or you're bringing a site closer to me as long as physics allowed. So there is no wormhole between Singapore and Los Angeles. But how do we then make those use cases in, in, in Equinix? So can we go deeper into that? Then what are the benefits that people are getting from those use cases? Yeah, so uh, Jason, you want to take that? Or? Yeah, so I'll, I'll start and you can kind of finish up on, on the on the policy side, I think. For one, if you're talking about something like in Los Angeles and a Singapore, first part I would think of is like, well, is does all traffic need to traverse that distance? Can we localize some of that traffic? So, so we have the you know ability. Obviously, if you have intelligence in both metros, then you can decide what leaves, what doesn't leave, and if you do need to go across the ocean, then we're providing a direct layer two path that is uh, again off of the internet controlled everything is consistent you're you're seeing just under say 200 milliseconds of, of latency regardless of time there's no you know congestion that you would see you know variables that that you would see over the internet so you're getting a consistent network something fully within your control layer two point to point and then the ability to then regionalize traffic. And, you know, Tahir can probably comment on, on some of the, the capabilities on how to regionalize that or the traffic region within those metros. Yeah, and this kind of uh, is coming to the same point where we are choosing our underlay, right? So we are uh, uh, making point-to-point -point connections and we are deciding where our traffic would be uh, going through using these dedicated. So not only the latency piece is there, but uh, think of it like if we are going direct using the internet, we cannot guarantee the bandwidth, which you know, uh, going through the Equinix, we have this capability to not only uh, cater the latency piece of it, but also the, you know, the dedicated bandwidth which we are getting and the performance of that. So I have a, a question here. Uh, every time we want to bring new technology into an organization, I have to go over to my olive tree, break a branches or a couple of branches and offer out some olive branches to different departments, be it security, be it uh automation, the DevOps. So uh, what kind of automation workflows and, and how does this fit into the DevOps model that we see a lot of organizations going to? Let me walk you through the workflow and that would basically, you know, give more uh, idea about what, what's happening with the workflow. So basically the user uh, the existingly have an SD-WAN network. They are, you know, expanding. They want to expand to the cloud. They have more bandwidth requirement, all the stuff, performance requirement. They are simply going to the, you know, the vManage workflow. They are punching in their, you know, account details. They are discovering their VPCs. And the rest is all, uh, you know, they are selecting the uh, the locations of their choice. Uh, think of it like a CDN, all this uh, nearest location they want to connect to. And uh, basically forming all this connectivity towards uh, the cloud uh, of their chest. So all that piece... Uh, even the spinning up of direct connect gateways or spinning up, you know, the transit uh, gateways or populating the routing table in the VPC is all automated end-to-end. -end. So this is what we, uh, you know, think would help user a lot. 
and at the same time now let's say you you have your uh, network coming in you have you want to connect your uh, you know inter intercontinental uh, branches uh, within you know less uh, within a period of uh, one month or so you you can go to the same workflow within minutes you are connecting your you know singapore and los angeles using the equinix core so that is the flexibility and automation uh, what you get with the all uh, all of this use cases sounds like we left one critical word out of your answer and that is it also sounds like a lot of acceleration yeah and i just want to real, real quickly on the automation part i mean equinix is you know uh, we've we've had uh, open apis from our our platforms for for several years and Cisco's just taken advantage of that to automate those things. So a lot of our customers today still have to, you know, manually point click using a mouse keyboard to create these connections. And we're really um, now Cisco is using the, the the capabilities of APIs and automation to create these uh, workflows for customers in, in, a, in a more accelerated fashion. Could you believe that people using keyboards and mouse? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere voice recognition. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, anyway, I, I just want to add on that topic. I mean, if you have already the automation in place and your um, uh, automated, let's say, your vManage platform, is that really hard to, you know, to hook in the Equinix as well? Or can I manage the Equinix through the vManage that I have already automated? Most of the most of the things are uh, we are recommending the customer to configure everything from the from the vManage because vManage is talking to the Equinix uh, APIs. So most of the things when you spin it up, you'll see all those details, monitoring, logging, all this uh, dashboard and uh, you know analytics, uh, whatever you get with the vManage is already part of it. Let's say if you uh, uh, wanna see anything extra, let's say take console of your uh, you know, gateway routers or things like that, then you can also use the Equinix portal to, you know, kind of uh, leverage that as well. So it's kind of complement each other. Okay, so for example, if I want to, uh, you know, monitor my lines that go through the Equinix, should I go to vManage or should I go to the... Yes, you can You can go to the vManage and on top of it, we are running the BFD probes, right? So you'll get all those uh, loss latency data information as part of the tunnel information as well. Because anyway, that's going to be then another one edge whatever the generation is bhch doesn't matter so if it's going to be another one edge then it means that i can just click there see the dashboard and then i'll get this fancy graphic to know exactly what's happening with that one edge isn't it yes exactly so it means that i will get vmanage v analytics and all those juicy things that i would get from data crunching and all that stuff right this sounds like you have all the power in the world and stay tuned for some more uh, stuff to uh, which we are integrating so it's a secret but yes, don't tell them. Sauce. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the, ni- the nice thing about having the integration is it, uh, we've been Equinox. Uh, we've been able to show things like utilization for for several years, but it's very basic, right? It, it, it's here's your utilization on the port, your utilization on the on the uh, layer two, but it didn't have any of the intelligence that vManage brings to the table. So now you can actually use a uh, higher level of of capabilities to make those decisions. Well, it does make sense, though, because if you do provide a particular, well, I would say measuring for a port that is set of ports, there would just be dots on the table. But when you then bring vManage to understand that there is a source and a destination, there is a path to follow, then you can connect all those dots to then you'll get this fancy drawing with all the cute things. But it's about then putting them all together. 
isn't it? It's kind of like olives on the olive tree. Yes, exactly. Oh, and he's ringing the olive tree again. <laughs> <laughs> I lost twice already. <laughs> yeah, Jason. And is there any kind of innovation, uh, you know, piece here, like you know, leveraging IML and predict the utilization on specific period of time, for example, or days? And let's say that well, I have my channel, but at the same time, you know, uh, um, your your uh, automation say no, you would need to take a different path, something like that. Well, of course, you know, SD one solution uh, has uh, their own techniques how to avoid the 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 the, the, um, the problems with uh, overutilized channels. But still, is there anything like that? So I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and say at first, no, um, we're, we're enabling those capabilities. So we have very, uh, you know, in, in a sense, basic piece like, you know, your per utilization has reached the threshold, we'll send you an alert. Um, right. But it, it is, you know, you can continuously get those readings, the utilization numbers, et cetera, um, and port that into your kind of AI ML uh, platform of choice to give you that capability. So I wish we would have it, um, but we're definitely enabling the capabilities on, on that part. I mean, an SD1 does fit into DNA Center to a point. So, I mean, I think that's where you could leverage some of those AI and, uh, and ML functionalities. Uh, so yeah, exactly. I have a question um, about KPIs. If Because uh, generally speaking, if I'm going to go and try to sell the solution, uh, one of the questions is what probably trying to solve and also how are you going to measure success with this? So what are some of the measurable KPIs that, that you think the listeners might uh, take out of this as well? Tahir, you want to take that one first? I know we chatted about that. Uh, yeah, so overall, um, you know, from KPI perspective, we are, uh, you know, you know, improving the overall costs from the from the egress perspective. Let's say if we are going with the cloud uh, uh, connectivity model from directly connecting to the cloud, uh, there is an egress cost associated with that. But at the same time, we are using the internet. Over here, we have, you know, the better performance, middle mind optimization. You, you get a higher level of bandwidth. Let's say you if you are uh, a global enterprise, you have a lot of data going through. You'll obviously be using, uh, you know, Direct Connect or Express Route, things like that. So you'll be having more, uh, you know, capacity, uh, uh, you know, cushion uh, when we talk about uh, the, the Equinix thing. And other than that, uh, you know, the, the agility uh, piece is something which uh, kind of uh, comes into play over here where the whole thing is automated end-to-end. So that saves a lot of time and uh, even uh, when if if you're not uh, kind of uh, uh, using the the connections you have the capability to you know deprovision the links as well so that agility piece is something which uh, i kind of like and you know some of the customers are were really excited about yeah i think the, the those are some of the the big um, uh, points that we we definitely hear from our customers is um, around speed of deployment um, we obviously you know now that we can offer a capability of consuming something from from zero to uh, you know on Heater. and passing traffic <laughs> in 30 minutes zero to here in 30 minutes yeah so so that that's absolutely huge right but uh, at the other side you know We've all heard about the the challenges sometimes of getting circuits provisioned. Six months, nine months, and in some cases, is is not unheard of. But one of the the benefits of of all of these networks being at Equinox has been they're able to turn up these circuits a lot faster. 
So if there's a dedicated connection that's the desired uh, method of getting branch to colo, then that connection can be turned up a lot faster. So so hitting those timelines and and to here also talked about the 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 cost aspect. You know a lot of pe- a lot of our customers weren't aware of the discounts that cloud providers generally give you for egress charges when you're using these private connection methods like Direct Connect and Express Route. Um, and you know I think um, also because of the partnership were able to uh, make support uh, aspects for customers a lot easier because they're going through Cisco um, and Cisco can then reach out to Equinix on the back end. So literally, I, if, if I have any problems with all this SD1 and dynamic hybrid multi-cloud networking infrastructure, I need to go directly to TAC, right? Yeah, you can reach out to the Cisco tech and uh, you know uh, we'll be troubleshooting as one team, basically. Wow, okay. There's something interesting here because we've been talking about how customers can have one cloud or another, but then do you guys have some particular metric in which we have an idea of how many companies would then go for this multi-cloud strategy? And I don't mean the, the hybrid one in which I have the private and the public one, but when I have several public ones and I'm basically everywhere. Do you have any metric for that, or at least any idea how you know, that this particular percentage of customers do this? It's I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but this is a very interesting topic because just today uh, we released our uh, Global Interconnection Index, which is our volume five, that we actually look at a lot of these. Again, fifth year in a row that we've looked at it, and you can kind of see the trends going on every year. We talk about you know the the bandwidths that customers are using, that enterprises are using. Uh, what are those? What is you know uh, how fast that bandwidth is growing? Where is that bandwidth going? How are they connecting that bandwidth? Is it private? Is it over the internet? Is it to particular verticals? Is it to clouds? To SaaS? So we actually look at all of that, and um, you know uh, I wish I had numbers off the top of my head, the latest ones, uh, but you know the article was just released today and I haven't had a chance to read it. So it would be very interesting to see what, what some of the latest numbers are in that case. Well, I guess we can, we can put that in the show notes, right? We can leave some homework for the people. <laughs> what are the average speeds? So in fact, like recently when we were talking to some of the customers, uh, we saw that uh, not only the customers are looking to connect to some of the big cloud providers, but also they wanted to connect to you know some of the other uh, cloud providers as well. And this is where you know you you can utilize the same connectivity with Equinix, same network edge gateways, and connect to any of the other uh, you know cloud providers which are not even like the big three basically. Uh, so I, I have one more question is uh, about uh, bandwidth uh, requirements. I mean, do you do you see this as being more attractive to, uh, I mean, there's clearly the workflow of the automation, but is there advantage if you if you have bandwidth requirements, like higher bandwidth requirements versus lower, or what is the average? Where does it start to make sense? Uh, what are the economics on this? The That's a, that's a loaded question and, and huge uh, topic that we actually work with customers on all the time, which is, um, you know, our, our, the connections are um, a lot of times bandwidth based. So, uh, you know, economic wise, we can spin up 50 megs of dedicated direct connections as low as 75 bucks a month. Um, and that goes all the way up to 10 gigs. 
So, so there are ways uh, to uh, make the connections faster, get the dedicated connections, um, and and again, spinning uh, spinning those things up in, in minutes. But um, I, I think I may have uh, missed the second half of your uh, question there. Oh, I was just talking about like the, the the economics of where the speed. So you talk about ten gig. What happens when you go faster than ten than uh, than ten gigs? So for you know, uh, from my perspective, if you need to go faster than ten gigs, I mean, today we we wish it's it's not the case, but there are limitations with virtual devices. Um, with Equinix having our you know uh, global presence of data centers, it gives customers that capability to deploy hardware when needed for the performance, for, you know, uh, dedicated uh, capabilities um, and use software like SDCI when it's appropriate for locations for speed, for, um, you know, for, for those edge locations that may not need that performance. So you kind of get the best of both worlds where you are free to design your SD-WAN regardless of hardware, software, all you really can really care about is really designing the policies, who you want to connect to, what bandwidth you need to connect to, and you know we can adjust those bandwidths as needed. Say you know we have a lot of customers that start with say a hundred meg dedicated connection, and the more they use it, um, they find out hey you know I need more bandwidth, and you can just uh, very easily then within minutes, literally minutes of turning that up to 500, 1 gig, 2 gig, up to 10 gigs. So so really in a dynamic fashion. And that's a model pay as you go or you need to go with some kind of some sort of contract. Multiple models but our our our, our bandwidth uh, sorry our network consumption pieces are uh, pay as you go. So we we prorate the uh, customers to the day that they use. So you know, uh, 50 meg 75 bucks you use it for half the month, 75 divided by 2. So how many cloud providers do you have connection to? Hundreds. Um, so, so you know, we are the biggest hosting uh, of edge, cloud edge locations for, for the large, you know, large CSPs, but also, uh, you know, SaaS providers, um, you know, from, from the likes of uh, Dropbox, Box, Salesforce, Cisco WebEx, which we're, you know, uh, we use day in, day out. Um, you know, Cisco has has uh, been on platform Equinix for, for years. And, and, and part of what I mentioned earlier is the trend that I've seen with Cisco. Customers started using WebEx Edge Connect at 100 megs, 200 meg. And the average connection I see today is more in line of one to two gigs of dedicated connections into the, the, the WebEx cloud. Nice. No, no, that's really great. Okay, I think I don't have more questions because if I ask something else, I feel like Jason is going to blow up the screen. He's like, of course we <laughs> do it. <laughs> I think you guys did a great job. All right, well, this really has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. If you want to learn more about today's topic or that article that we referenced earlier, just click on the link provided in the description below. And just a reminder, you could subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.